Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. And we're going to uh, we're going to take a look at this uh, this Christmas story and uh, unwrap it a little bit as I just play with my notes up here, get organised. How many of you uh, raise your hand if you have completed all of your Christmas shopping? I want all those people to leave. You're making the mess. Rest of us feel bad. I, w- I want to know. Ha- raise your hand right now if you have not bought one single Christmas gift yet. My people, come on right now. It's not Christmas Eve yet. You don't have to panic. We still got Tuesday. All right, let's, uh, let's look at this. Now in the sixth month, I'm reading from verse 26. One, Luke 1 verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God, say by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this now is a sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. How many of you are grateful for that verse? And Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I was fighting the um, pressure to try and come up with something at Christmas time that you've never heard before. And uh, so uh, what I'm trying to do today is really just share what I felt God put on my heart for us and uh, how many know that uh, the Christmas story in and of itself is powerful. This story that we're reading in Luke's account, speaking of Jesus coming to earth and uh, the vessel that he used was this woman named Mary. We know if you're a believer here today and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you know that what we are celebrating at this time of year is, is a bigger thing than a Christmas tree. As much as my three-year-old son is convinced 
that Christmas right now is all about finding the elf that gets hidden around our house somewhere, the trees that are gonna be, the trees, the presents that are gonna be waiting him under the tree. I had this discussion with him the other day. I'm, I'm, you know, he's three, just turned three. So I'm trying to, you know, teach him, you know, like be a good Christian dad, a Jesus birthday, Jesus birthday. You would think a pastor's kid would receive that, wouldn't you? Jesus birthday. I was waiting for, have, for him to have this aha moment, you know, a tear down his face, Jesus birthday, you know. You know what he did? He looked at me, he said, no, my birthday. I said, in Jesus' Name, get out. I didn't. I said, Luca, it's not, it's not your birthday. It's he says, my presence. I said, no, they're your presence still, but it's Jesus' birthday. He said, no, it's Luca's birthday. I said, no, listen. And then I just realised, you know what? We're going nowhere right now, nowhere at all. I need to give it a year. But how many know that Christmas time, if you know Jesus, this, this story is not just a story um, of a little baby coming to earth. This story for us is a story of hope. That Jesus Christ is our hope. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved or how many sermons you've heard. One of the most powerful reminders for all of us is that we have a hope, which means a confidence. That being that Jesus Christ is my Lord and He is my Saviour. That in, in a day and age where there's so much uncertainty all around us and so many things that are not dependable, that there is a hope that I have and a confidence that I hold to and that is Jesus. That all else might fail me, but He will not. That I can always stand upon Him. I can lean upon Him. He's that rock that will keep me stable, sound and secure. He will never let me down and His Name is Jesus. So we know that this is... This is the story of hope. This right now, what we're reading about, this is how hope came to the world. Jesus gives us hope. Isaiah says in chapter 40, he said, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The word wait, it means to hope or to have confidence in. Isn't it great to know that we can be reminded that I can have confidence in who my God is. I don't have to have confidence necessarily in what I see Him doing because sometimes I don't see it in front of me, but that's the nature of faith. But I can still have confidence and my strength is renewed because I've got hope. Are you grateful for the hope that is Jesus? I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. So this is the story of how, how hope came to this earth in Jesus Christ. As we look at this story, it's, it's so interesting and, and, and we know it, but it's so good to be reminded of it, that, that hope was looking for a vessel, that God in heaven had the idea that He was gonna send His Son down to earth that he was gonna be a hope of mankind, but he needed a vessel. And it's so interesting and so bizarre almost that, that, that God saw Mary as being an adequate vessel that would hold the hope 
of the world. It's, it's, on the surface, it's not a great choice, really. Mary is not a phenomenal leader. Mary doesn't have great influence. If, if you want somebody to carry the hope of mankind, would you not pick somebody that has great stature? Wouldn't that, isn't that a better marketing tool? Isn't that a better way to market your product? That you, you know what I mean? Uh, he doesn't use that. He, he picks somebody that is seemingly inadequate, unprepared, ill-equipped. She's a 13, 14-year-old little Jewish girl. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's not, she's not ready for it. Do you, do you ever feel like the purpose that God has for you is greater than the person you are? Do you ever look at what God is calling you to and, and calling you to step into in your life? Maybe it's some dreams that you have that you wanna accomplish in 2020, or maybe it's just stepping up and forgiving that person that has wronged you, but you feel like it's, it's too much. The purpose ahead of me is too great for who I am. This is Mary. Mary gets this, God comes and dumps this purpose upon her that is so far beyond her. The weight, the weight of what she has been given. The angel comes down and says, Mary. The first thing the angel does is, the angel comes in and it's interesting because you look at it and you read it, Gabriel comes down from heaven on a mission and comes before Mary and the first thing Gabriel says is, Gabriel says, rejoice, which means give God praise. And Mary's like, why? What the heck's going on? Gabriel, listen, the first thing Gabriel told her to do was to praise God. She had no reason, she had no understanding as to what the reason was. But Gabriel came and said, listen, I need you to rejoice. I need you to start right now. And you know what it means? It means to get happy. Look at someone say, get happy. Listen, this is what the angel is saying. It says, you need to praise God. You need to get happy and you need to get ready. The angel's saying to Mary, in order for you to be able to fulfil this purpose that I'm about to deposit into you. This is what God is saying through the angel. You're gonna have to know what it is to be someone that can rejoice because I'm about to give you a purpose that is so much greater than the person you are. And if you're not at praise, listen, praise will set a platform for your purpose because what praise is doing is praise is lifting up the God who has deposited the purpose in your heart and spirit in the first place. And if you don't know how to praise Him for it, you will never walk in the fullness of it. So the angel is saying to Mary, before we start to talk the purpose and the plan God has for you, I need to know first and foremost, if you're someone that knows how to praise your God and give Him praise right at the start. The angel says, rejoice. He's saying to her, get happy, Mary. Something's coming. 
And if you don't get happy, you don't, you don't get happy, it's gonna feel too heavy. You ever come into a situation where it's almost like it beat you before you even got there? Sometimes you've got to come in happy with an expectation that there are great things ahead of me, even if the burden feels too heavy for me. This is what we can learn from one word, rejoice. The angel comes in. It's interesting as well that I love, and that's why I got you to repeat it at the start. In verse 26, it says, Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. We've got to be reminded that this plan that God is unfolding, this plan is specific, is strategic. It looks random almost because so many things in the Christmas story go wrong, don't they? So many things go wrong. You, you, we look at this and, and we say it's nice and, and the baby in the manger, there's a baby in a pig's trough, bro. He's this, he's, listen, and it's nice and it's pretty and they come to the hotel and they go to the hotel, but the hotel's full and they don't have any room. So they go, listen, things are going wrong. It, 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 looks, it looks scattered. It look, do you ever look at, at things happening in your life and, and wonder, God, where are you in this? Maybe there's some things across 2019. And, and as you look back, you, it looks like, man, that, that, was, that went wrong there. And this, why did this happen? And, and why did that happen? And why did that? I want to encourage you that your God is more strategic than you give Him credit for. And He knows what He's doing. This, this angel was sent by God to a specific region, to a specific town, to a specific person. And none of it looked like it made sense. None of it looked like it was the right choice or the right decision. So what was it about Mary? What was it about Mary that, think about it, this, this little 13, 14 year old girl, she, she, she got the attention of God Almighty. That God looked at her and said, I need, a, I need a vessel that will hold the hope of mankind. I, I, I need somebody. I need, I need someone that will hold the hope of mankind. And I'm going to choose this 13, 14 year old little Jewish girl. It's, 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 on the surface, it's not a good call, is it? It's, it's not a good decision. It doesn't look like it's, it's the best way to do it, but God does it anyway. So what do we learn from Mary? What do we learn from Mary's life or even Mary's response to this greeting from the angel and to this assignment that's been given to her that seems to, even though she looks so incredibly unqualified, somehow it seems that God sees her as qualified. Don't you like that God doesn't look on the outward appearance that he looks upon the heart? Don't you like that God looks at you perhaps different to how your neighbour looks at you and how your friends look at you, that even different to how you look at yourself, that while you may look at yourself and you see all of the things that you think disqualify you, God often looks at those and says, no, it's because of those things that it's actually gonna qualify you. 
that we need to not waste our weaknesses, that those things that we sometimes feel like we have to cover up and disregard and push aside before we come to God, God says, no, bring me those things. They're the things that I use because they're the things that give me the most glory. It's not my power is not made perfect in what you're good at. It's made perfect in what you're not good at. So, so Mary gets this um, greeting. Gabriel comes in. Gabriel comes in hot and heavy. He's like, rejoice. You know, it just seems like too much. You know, Mary's not as happy about it as Gabriel is. And so he's like, sorry, too much. And he sort of pulls back a bit. He's pumped. You know, he's been 400 years. He's been waiting to, to drop this on her. And, um, but Mary freaks out. Mary freaks out. And so Gabriel says to her, uh, don't fear. But look at Gabriel. He hasn't thought this through real well um, because Mary freaks out and Gabriel's response to try and cause Mary not to freak out is to tell her, don't worry, it's God that's gonna come and you're gonna birth him. <laughs> like, thanks, Gabriel. Not helping, bro. Like, really? No, no, it's good. God, the creator of the heavens and earth, is gonna become a person and that person is gonna be put inside you by the Holy Spirit. Everything's gonna be great. And so you sort of follow this conversation and Mary sort of is wrestling with this whole concept as you rightly so. It didn't didn't make sense to her because she's viewing it through the natural. she's, she's, She's viewing it through the inadequacies of her situation and, and through the complications of her life at that time and it doesn't, it doesn't line up. The lens through which you view your purpose has everything to do with the promise you'll receive. And if you view your purpose through a lens of fear, it will never make sense. But faith will bring a clarity to your purpose that will actually stir something within your spirit that will actually allow you to be able to embrace the process that will lead you to your purpose. But you've got to look at it through eyes of faith. That's what the angel was saying. Mary, listen, you're going to have to fear not. You cannot have fear. This thing that God is gonna do in and through your life, there's no room for fear in it. And so Mary goes through this, this conversation and, and, and they talk some more. And then what I like is Mary, she, she journeys through it with the angel and she has her confusion, but then she gets there. And in verse 38, I think we see this, this, this moment that gives us a glimpse into why perhaps God chose Mary as this vessel. Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. This We get the first glimpse of, I think, what perhaps qualifies us, one of the things that qualifies us to be used by God, one of the things that I think attracted God to Mary, that she would be this vessel that would hold hope was, and I want you to write this word down, is Mary knew what it was to be content. That once she had got through all of the confusion as to why and as to how, once she journeyed through all of the questions that she had about 
things in her life that perhaps hadn't gone the way she thought they were gonna go and how, how she didn't feel prepared for it and how she would do it different. God, if you're asking me to do this, then we need to do it this way and we need to do it that way and I need this to change and I need this to line up. There was many of things that she would probably do different about this whole journey. But she gets to this place in verse 38 where she says, you know what, God, let it be to me as you will. According to your word, God. It's knowing what it is to be at this place of absolute contentment before God, where you can settle in your spirit. And at Christmas time, at the completion of 2019, I wanna encourage you. You need to have a moment this year where you say, this Christmas where you say, you know what, God, I'm gonna be content there are things that I wish happened different in 2019. There were things that I wish had gone this way and should have gone that way and I would have done this and I would have. But God, you know what? Let it be to me according to your word and I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna be content with that. See, the, even saying the word, contentment, it's, it's so counterculture because we are so ambitious and we often confuse contentment with complacency. But it's not that. I wanna tell you, it doesn't mean that you don't, to be content does not mean that you don't desire more. It means that you are thankful for what you have and patient for what's to come. Contentment means that I am thankful for what I have and I'm patient for what's to come. That this Christmas you would take a moment and just be content. Don't be so worried about things going on in your life that you wish were different. Mary could have done that. She got through all of that and at the end she was able to say, God, you know what? I trust you. I'm gonna be content in that. Paul said it in prison in Philippians 4 and verse 11. He's in prison and listen to these words. Not that I speak in regard to need. That's Paul saying, I don't need anything. He says, I'm good. Hang on a second, Paul, you're in prison, bro. Do you not realise where you are? He said, no, 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 I'm good. I don't have need for I have learned in Whatever state, say whatever. I have learned, Paul says, I've learned in whatever state, wherever I'm good, whether I'm bad, whether things are up, whether things are down, whether things went how I thought, whether they didn't, Paul says, I will be content. It's a contentment that I think God wants us to have this Christmas. And I think it's that contentment that God was looking for in a vessel that would hold hope. He says, I'm looking for someone that's content, not someone that has everything exactly how they want it to be, but someone that in the middle of where things seem crazy and seem like they don't make sense, that they are still content and can trust me at my word. That's what she said. And then it goes on. The story goes on and, and she, she receives this from the angel. And then what she does is the angel encourages her or reminds her of Elizabeth who's also birthed something. And so Mary goes from there and she actually goes to Elizabeth. 
And the Bible says that when, when she got to where Elizabeth was, that, that, that the baby that she was carrying actually kicked. The Bible says the baby kicked in her womb. That, that when Mary got around Elizabeth, that there was something inside of her that stirred. And, and, and what I think this shows us, that again, it gives us something to highlight that perhaps God saw in Mary was that Mary was somebody that was connected. She was connected to good people that were not going to allow her to give up on the purpose that God had given her to fulfil in her life. That she had people around her. She had a Joseph. That's the type of dude you want to marry, ladies. A Joseph. He was, listen, he, this, this dude, he could have got rattled. Come on, your girl's gonna show up and say the Holy Spirit made me pregnant. <laughs> but 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 Joseph had enough of his own walk with God. It wasn't it wasn't just about God speaking to Joseph through Mary. Joseph had his own connection with God, and God gave Joseph what he needed to walk him through this season and to be the support that Mary needed. See how, see how she was connected? And that when, when God put it in her spirit and the angels spoke it to her, she then had an Elizabeth that would, would encourage or would stir what had been deposited in your spirit. If you want to do what God has called you to do, if you want to fulfil the purpose that is ahead of you in 2020, if you want to step up and shake some of those mindsets that have been holding you back, if you want to break some of those addictions that have been stopping you from what God has called you to, if you want to step up and forgive that person finally once and for all that has wronged you and doesn't deserve forgiveness, but God's calling you to step up and give it to them anyway, you're going to have to be well connected to a source around you that is good people that can keep you where God has called you to be and in that place of strength. That's what it means to be planted in the house of God. We forget it. We forget sometimes it's the simple things that we're not doing, but then we wonder why we're not growing. We wonder why we feel like a hamster on a wheel just going around and around and around. And then 2020, I'm gonna write down my goals and then blink and look back and wow, hang on, these are the same goals that I have for 2019. Why are you going around and around in circles and not moving forward and not growing? Could it be that perhaps you're not planted? And that's, that's not me, that's the Word of God. Because Psalms 92, he says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, shall flourish. Means to become full, means to grow, means to produce fruit in your life. There is a level of growth. Yes, you will grow when you read the Word at home by yourself. Yes, you'll grow when you listen to worship, pray. But there is a level of growth that will only happen when you are planted in the house of God. Do you have a small group that you're a part of? 
Do you have a community that you're connected to? That's what he's talking about. There's safety. He says there's safety in a multitude of wise counsel. That doesn't mean your hairdresser's thoughts on your situation. As great as she might be. But it means that you've got a multitude of people around you. People around you that are speaking life into you, that are encouraging what God has deposited inside of you. So when you feel like giving up, they'll slap you and remind you that this was not your idea. This was God's idea and God gave it to you and you cannot give up upon it because if He gave it to you and began the work, He's faithful to complete it. Are these the type of people that you have around you? She was connected. She was content. She was connected. For 2020, and I'm jumping, jumping ahead a week or two, but I'm going to do it anyway. But for 2020, you, if you think that you're going to be able to step into what God has for you by yourself, You're underrating the call of God upon your life. What God is calling you to is bigger than you. And you're gonna need people around you. You're gonna need the right people around you that can speak life into you. And God saw it on her. He knew that she was gonna need it. That's why the angel said it to her. But the last thing that we learned from Mary And we didn't have time to go into the journey, but you know the Christmas story, you know, it it was a journey. This is this moment where she gets the promise. She gets, the promise is good, hey. I mean, the promise feels good. Promises of God are yes and amen. We'll shout the roof off the place over the promises of God. It's not the promise that I find hard, it's the process that often the greater the promise, the harder the process. Because in order for you to fulfill a great promise, there has to be this growth period in our life. And and the thing about growth is the growth is in the grind. And, And we don't get lost when it comes to the promise we get lost when it comes to the grind that grows me in the process, that shapes me and that moulds me and that refines me by fire, by fire to set me up to be the person that God has called me to be. You can't, I wish, I wish you could fast track, don't you think? Wouldn't that be good? Just fast forward, I'm like, I'm horrible to watch a movie with because half the time you know what's gonna happen, you know? I got idea. I'm like, my wife will be like, sit down. I just wander around the house and, you know. But I wanna fast track the boring, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, they're gonna talk today. This guy's gonna, let's just get to the good bits. That's how we view God sometimes. I see where you're taking me to. But, but let's, let's, let's get there. How many of you have said that to God in 2019? 
Two people want to be honest. Get me there, God! Get me there. And then the longer the, longer the process seems to draw out, the, 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 the subtle scheme of the enemy can cause you through a longer process than you anticipated to start to question the promise. And, and, and this is what I love about Mary. Mary, they take this journey. It's a 90-mile journey on a donkey. 90-mile journey. You think her and Joseph didn't have a few fights along that road? Come on, bro. You fight with your spouse in a heated car on the 405 with a coffee in your hand. You imagine riding on a donkey? Bro, those two went at it. I bet they did. Joseph's like, what are we doing, stupid donkey? This wasn't even my fault. God got you pregnant. You're carrying Jesus. What does this thing even mean? She's like working it. She's like, I'm carrying God. You better listen to me. You know, she's working that one, ladies. My mind is funny. I'm going places right now. You got no idea. They get to the hotel. Listen, man, put yourself in this dude's shoes. You and your wife, you get to the hotel and you didn't make a reservation. That's a bad day. Why didn't you make a reservation? You didn't think to call ahead. Oh, is it me that I have to do everything in this house? This journey wouldn't, we, we preach it like it was nice. Nothing nice about it. She's pregnant, ladies. She wants to sit down. She wants to eat. She wants to chill. She don't want to be doing that. They stick her in a stable. Stable? This is my point. Not only was she content, not only was she connected, but she was also committed. Are are you committed to God's call and purpose on your life. Because we water it down or we try to package it in a way that presents it as easy. When if it was easy, everybody would do it. But there's a call upon your life that's not easy. And there's a process ahead of you that that's not always going to be. Listen, I wish I could tell you 2020 is going to be. Listen, and look, it's going to be great. And God's going to do some great things. And I feel like God's given me some stuff to, to, to speak over you for 2020 that we're going to hit and we're going to go for it. But there's going to be some bumps and some challenges. That's, 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 that's why we have to be committed. And, and, and if we're committed to, to be people that would, like Mary did, hold the hope of Jesus Christ. That, that's why you've got to know Jesus. You won't survive. You don't know Jesus. He's that confidence. But, but the problem is, 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 is we're not committed to that process of saying, God, I want to I 
I want to hold the hope that is Jesus Christ. And you know why it's so important? Is because if we're not people that that know what it is to hold the hope, hold the hope that is Jesus. We don't know what it is to then give it to anybody else. Because you're gonna you're gonna see people in the next few days that maybe you haven't seen for a long time. Friends, family. And you're gonna have opportunities to share the hope of Jesus Christ. But as Christians, we have to recognise this is the greatest season to actually witness to people. It's the greatest season to share the message of Jesus. But too many of us, we get caught. We're meant to be holding hope, but we get caught empty-handed. And this story, and I wanna close and just share this little story with you. It's a true story in World War II. Six pilots took off from an aircraft carrier in the North Atlantic to scout some enemy submarines. While they were gone, the captain of the carrier was forced to issue a blackout alarm. The ship went totally dark. When the pilots tried to return, they could not find the ship. They radioed, give us some light, we're coming home. The ship's radio operator replied, order blackout, I cannot give you light. In turn, each pilot desperately radioed the same message. Just give me some light and I'll make it. Each time the operator had to radio back, no light, blackout. Because there was no light on that ship, six young pilots went to their graves in the icy North Atlantic. So my challenge to us at this Christmas is when maybe it's your friends, maybe it's your family, maybe it's that co-worker, look to you for light. Do you have light to shine? Do you have hope to give them? When they come, what is it? You've got to learn to listen. Listen to what the sound of cries for help sound like. When people say how hard this season is for them because of broken families and marriages and pain and they don't know where to turn and they're talking to you about it. That's a cry for help. We, we, got, we, got, we got to remember what it is that we're called to do as Christians and that's to share the hope of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 